Hey friends, welcome to Thursday, January 19th. Thanks for joining me for Enough for Today. We're in Psalm 69, and we're in uh, verses 33 and forward. Yesterday we saw David praising God from his pit with song magnifying him. Why? Verse 31, because it would please God better than a sacrifice. And why, verse 32, because someone else will be saved. He turned his pit into a platform and a megaphone to share the gospel and magnify his God. So we pick it up today in verse 33. For the Lord heareth the poor and despiseth not his prisoners. Now, isn't that an interesting phrase? Well, first of all, it's easy to, to rejoice in the fact that Lord, the Lord hears the poor. Thank, thank you, God, for hearing the poor. And remember, we've talked about this. The word poor in Scripture is not always just financial poverty. It's weakness. It's vulnerability. It's outcast. It's the lower of society. Um, it's those that have been rejected, those that have little to offer and a little uh, few that care for them, and on and on we could go. The Lord hears them. Uh, God's on the side of the little people, the little guys. But look at this, and he despises not his prisoners. I um, did a little research on this because sometimes the pronoun usage, and you're trying to make sure you understand what the phrasing is, um, the concept of God having prisoners is what tripped me up a little bit, um, and, and yet not at the same time. Um, the NLT says, the Lord hears the cries of the needy. He does not despise his imprisoned people. So the idea of being the prisoner of God might seem a little bit paradoxical, you know, like it's an oxymoron, but not really. Uh, God sent his own people into captivity and exile. Uh, if you're in the pit uh, of life in some way, and God's led you there providentially, the valley of the shadow of death, maybe, um, then you're his prisoner, so to speak, okay? So it's a bit of a artistic word, for the fact that God's led us providentially into a painful or a difficult place. And we feel, maybe, experientially, like we're his prisoners. But if you had to be a prisoner of something or someone, you couldn't find a better entity to be a prisoner or to be the hostage of than Jesus. Because, what does it say? He does not despise his prisoners. God has times of chastening, times of pain and hardship that he leads us through, but he hears us, and he doesn't forget us, and he deals gently with us in them. So David is kind of using this to say, I'm a prisoner of God in this moment, but he's my friend. Um, and I love that phrase. I love that sense. Happy to be the prisoner of God because he's good. Verse 34, let the heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moveth therein. For God will save Zion. Now, David is the king of Jerusalem, king of Israel, king of Zion. Um, and he's just now, at this point of the psalm, exploding. His heart has come to a very different place. He has resolved his despair. The pit, if you've noticed it, the pit we talked about earlier in the psalm, has faded to the background, and God's dealing with his enemies, and David is now singing a song and magnifying him with thanksgiving and, and 
David's imagining others that are going to benefit from this trial and what God's going to bring out of it. And he knows God's going to remember his prisoner in this pit. And so now he's crying out, let everything, let heaven and earth praise him and everything that moves therein because God will save not just David, God will save Zion. That's kind of a period, it's kind of a period um, contextually historical way of saying God's purposes will happen. God's promises will come to fruition in David's life, in, in Israel's life, and in your life. Now, I'm going to pause it there and pick it up there tomorrow. Have a great Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. Don't miss tomorrow. It gets good. 